92% of resolutions die before Valentine's Day. Did you guys know that? 92% of our New Year's resolutions are dead before February 14th. What that tells me is two things. One is that people want to change. They want to see some different things in their life, so they resolve to do something or to change something or to be a certain way. They, they make resolutions because they want things to change. But two, it also tells me, is that we really suck at it. Right? Okay, who in here has had a resolution fail already this year? You don't have to raise your hand, but I see some anyways, right? It's hard. Who in here has tried to start a habit already this year and already failed? Right? Okay, you don't have to show your hands again, okay? We all know what that's like, right? It is hard to stick with a resolution. It is hard to change our habits. Melissa recently uh, reorganized our kitchen, meaning she moved some stuff from some cupboards and moved it to another cupboard. And we've lived in this house for almost five years, and every morning I have gone to the same cupboard to get my coffee out, right? So for the last three weeks, now that everything has shifted, what have I done? Gone to this same cupboard, which is now the wrong cupboard, right? Isn't, you guys know what I'm talking about? Just try rearranging your kitchen. You know, for a normal day for most of us, we wake up and we do almost the same things every day. We have these routines. We have these habits that we go through. Duke University did a study back in 2006 and found that 40% of our actions are habits, meaning we don't think about it. We don't make a decision. We don't make a choice. We just go through the motions. That means almost half of the things we do in our lives are completely just habits. And that's why we need to talk about our habits because those habits that we have might be great things. They might lead us to grow, to become better people, to, to get closer to God. We also have some habits that are just plain neutral, like you have to go to the bathroom and hopefully your habit is to flush the toilet, okay? You just gotta do that, right? Maybe that is a very good habit that some of you need to teach your kids, okay? And then there's other habits that are bad, aren't they? We all have bad habits that cause us to do things that we don't like. And we just fall into those same ruts again and again and again. Why we're doing this series is because habits are so powerful in our lives. They're almost half of what we do every single day. And those habits are small things that can either build us up or can break us down. They can lead us to a great life or they could destroy us. And we need to talk about those habits because it is so dang hard to change them, isn't it? And today we are going to learn from God's word as God teaches through the Apostle Paul that we need to learn, get this, guys, it's a really tricky, big idea. You guys listening? Everybody better lean in a little bit. It's time to train to win, okay? We need to train to win. We need to focus on our habits to train them, to train ourselves so that we can win. And that's what we're going to learn from God's word. Um, this series that we're doing, Habits, this is a, a, an area that I've studied a lot, really tried to work on it, and, and I'm not teaching here as an expert, okay? I have some habits hopefully that are good. I'll talk about it. And, and probably in this series, I'll be a little more autobiographical than normal just because that's like my personal experience of habits. I think you guys can relate. But also, uh, I, I've done a lot of study, and there's three books in particular that have influenced me. So if, you, if you've read these books or you're going to read them because you want to dig deeper, um, you'll be like, hey, that sounds a lot like what Matt said. Like, well, where do you think I got it? Okay. Uh, I'm not that original. But the first one is uh, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. 
The second one is uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And the third one is a more biblical book, Your Future Self Will Thank You by Drew Dick. And so I recommend all three of those books that are very helpful on habits, um, although we are going to focus on scriptures because there's a lot that the Bible says about habits, but we're going to pull in some neuroscience and psychology and studies from other places as well. So we're going to learn to train to win. So this series goes through the month of January. If you joined us online last week, you know you got message zero in this series. Okay, You don't have to have that message to start with us today. Uh, it's kind of a precursor message about something to set you up for habits. Um, but I, I said last week, if you listen to that message online, like that message in itself is actually not, not very good because it's setting goals, and winners and losers have the exact same goals, okay? Uh, It's not about the goals you set, although they can be helpful. It's about the habits we have to get us to the goals we want to get to. Um, So in this series, we're going to go through the month of January. I want each one of you, if you're here today, even if this is your first time, even if you're just visiting, checking us out online for the first time, I want you to commit to this entire series, because how do you know if this church is good at all unless you check out the whole series? Meaning you should be here in person, or you should be here online. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can get the podcast app and make sure you're not missing a single one of these messages. This entire series is going to set you up for success. And today, if our message is trained to win, um, we're going to learn five points from that. If you have your YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along there and find our events, save notes, see the scriptures that we're covering today if you have that app. Um, and one other thing I wanted to say about this series is if you're here and you're not a Christian... Or you think uh, we, you Christians are dumb, somebody dragged you here, or you're just trying something new for the first time. This series is going to help you even if you don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> because habits, like we all need better habits, don't we? Right? So this is going to help you. You can listen to this, and you can kind of cherry pick the things you like out of my message, because you're going to do that anyways. Um, so you can do that if you're not a Christian. That's totally fine. But if you are a follower of Jesus, you're going to find some extra power in the messages that we cover in this series. So if our big idea is to train to win... I want you to read the passage with me. We're going to read our short scripture together, and then we're going to learn five points about how to train to win. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. So if you have a Bible, open with me or use that Bible app on your phone. And the scripture will be behind me as well. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Paul writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So that's the passage. I told you our big idea is train to win. And to make it really simple for you guys, the five points we're going to learn today are a, a, a special acrostic with the word train, okay? You guys got that? We're going to train to win. So we got five letters. We got five points, and the first one, T, is that you need to take it seriously. You need to take it seriously. This is the T in train, to take it seriously. Let's look again at verse 24. Verse 24, Paul said, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize, run in such a way as to get the prize? What he means is that we are running a race. There's a competition 
And no, it's not competing with each other, but we are in a competition, perhaps just with yourself. And when you enter a competition and when you run a race, only one person gets first place. Only one person gets the gold medal. Only one person wins, so that's why we need to take it seriously. I was in track for one year. It was not a good year. Okay, I, I did track uh, when I entered into middle school because my older brother, John, was a great runner, long-distance runner, so I was like, I'll do track too, I, um, but I was not fast. And I remember sixth-grade track was, was terrible. Okay, I hated running every single day. We'd go out there, they'd be like, okay, now just go run. I'm like, like to win, and I hated I huffed and puffed, and when we got to the competition, they still, like, they let everybody compete even though I was terrible, right? The worst one on my team at running. My, my event, I don't know why they, like, I didn't have any good events. There was just one thing they let me do was the 400. And my goal every single race was to not get last. I'm not even kidding. That was, like, my one goal. I'm like, I, I just don't want to be the last one crossing the finish line. And I did pretty good. I think I only got last one time all season. But I still hated it, right? I ran to not lose, okay? And I think a lot of people in life run to not lose, I think a lot of people are like, I just don't want to be like the worst one. Like, at least I'm not like that person who's an addict. I'm not that, I don't drink that much. Like, uh, I, I might not be the best, I might not be the winner, but hey, I'm not the worst. Like, there's some murderers loose, right? Like, there was a shooting right down the street the other day. I'm not that guy, okay? I'm, I might not be the best. And I think a lot of people run not to lose. They're like me, that sixth grade year of track. But Paul tells us, to run to win, doesn't he? He tells us to take it seriously. Don't just try to be out there on the field and compete and, and go through one year because your parents said you had to commit for the whole year, okay? That's not the attitude we should have. Paul starts out because he says, no, we actually need to train to win. We have to take it seriously. And, and I think if we look at our lives and we were really like, if, this, if my life were a competition, and only one person wins the prize. Am I competing that hard? Am I putting in that much effort? Am I focusing on it or I'm just like, well, I guess Jesus loves me, <laughs> so I'm good, right? But Paul tells us, no, we should take it seriously. The life we want to live, we should aim as if only one person is going to win. And I want to win. I want to stand up on the platform. I want the gold medal. That's how we should approach life, Paul tells us that we should take it seriously. And I believe that if we're gonna take it seriously, we have to start looking at our habits. Aristotle, I mean, this goes way back, right? Aristotle, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. If you want to achieve excellence and you wanna be the winner, it's actually the habits that you do. Because I can tell you, I tried hard when I got to the race. I ran as fast as I could, and I still was like mm, second to last place, right? It was all the things I did between the meets that could have set me up to maybe get third to last. <laughs> I don't know if I could have gotten much higher than that. But it's all the little habits that we have. Because when you talk to an athlete or to a trainer, okay, you've got to work on, on, on the way you sleep. You've got to think about the food you eat how you work out, how you refuel after you work out. You talk to athletes, they care about their shoes. 
I know some athletes like know exactly how many days their shoes are good for before they have to buy the next pair. That they think about these things, how long they stretch, how they stretch. I, I remember hearing, and I thought it was crazy, when Steve Nash just swore off sugar so he could become a better athlete. I'm like, man, that's intense, right? No more sugar. But he wanted to win. And those are the kind of things that we do if we take it seriously. Now, we're not talking about competing in the games. We're talking about something actually so much better than that. And that's why the first point might be to take it seriously. But the second thing we need to learn is to reach for the reward. Because there is a reward for the life we live and how we live it, how we train. And we need to reach for the one true reward. And it's not about standing up on a platform. Paul goes on in verse 25. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. In those days, there wasn't a gold medal that you won if you won the Olympic Games. You'd win a crown. That you'd wear a crown if you were the winner. So it's like the gold medal. So if you think that's a pretty good equivalent. And what's interesting is that Paul is writing now to the church in Corinth, hence the name Corinthians of this letter. And in Corinth... It was actually on an isthmus, and there there was, if you know geography, what that even is, um, there was, there was a, a, some games that were competed there on that isthmus called the Isthmian Games. So there were the Olympic Games, right, hold in, held in Athens, and there was the Isthmian Games, which were the second highest attended games in all of the ancient Roman Empire. So this would be like the world championships as opposed to, you know, the Olympic games that are held every four years. So every two years, these games would have taken place right next to Corinth, right outside the city. And they were very popular. Everyone went there. And we know, based on the time frame of when Paul was actually in the city of Corinth, that he probably would have overlapped with when the games were there. I mean, this is a big deal. Like, some of you remember when the Olympic Games came to, like, Salt Lake City. Like, oh, that's, that's pretty close. Some of you went to go to the competition or, or when it was in Atlanta or Los Angeles. Um, and you're like, oh, I remember when the games, they're huge. It's, like, everywhere, right? And in the Isthmian Games that were celebrated here in the city of Corinth, they would get a crown, this is interesting, that was weaved together from celery leaves. Withered celery leaves. It's actually kind of cool how it looks, how they weave the celery leaves together. But it's celery leaves. And people would literally, for nine months, you had to sign that you would train for nine months before you could show up for these games. And you have to swear off things like alcohol, like sex. And you would have to train strictly for nine months if you wanted to compete in the games. To win celery leaf on your head. But isn't that the kind of things we do? Like the abs, like, oh, yeah, we got the trophy. Now we can drink beer from this cup for a year. And then we're going to turn it over to the next team, right? But that's what we do so we can hold a cup. How ridiculous is it how much money and how much time people spend to hold up a cup? But we do it because we love to compete, don't we? Go abs, okay? Right? Or a Super Bowl, right? You think the Bengals are going to win, Val? Is that way? You're cheering. We'll see. Okay. But we care so much about these, these things that fade so quickly, right? Celery leaf withers. He's like, people care so much. Everybody goes to watch who's going to win this year, who's going to compete, in the, and who's going to win. Okay, we do it for these things that won't last. 
He says, we as followers of Jesus actually compete for something so much more important. A crown that will last forever. The crown of glory. The crown of immortality. That we can reign with King Jesus forever and rule on the earth. Do you want to stand next to Jesus and for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Who cares what the media thinks about you? You might be the best athlete in the world. As soon as you stop competing, they move on to the next one. Forget about you. We compete for something that's so much more important, and it's actually keeping that reward in view, reaching out for it, it is what we should do. Jesus talked a lot about rewards. Now, we don't do it in order to obtain eternal life. If you follow Jesus and you accept him into your heart, you are saved. You have eternal life. But there are rewards for those who make the effort, for those who work harder. I really think about it like I'm a dad now, like a kid, like, and I'm just thinking like looking up to a dad. You're like, okay, if, if I know my dad's in the stands, maybe you guys know this when you're, when you're a kid, you're going to try harder. You're not just going to go out there, ugh, right? If you really like your dad, you're going to be like, yeah, I want to show him how hard I've trained, how hard I've put into it, how much effort I've gotten into it, and I want to win. Like, if I knew that Jesus was watching my sixth grade track meet, I might have tr tried a little harder, right? <laughs> okay, and if you think about it, at the end, what is the judge going to say to you? What is Jesus going to say to you? What is your Father in heaven going to say to you? So are you going to reach for the reward. And keeping that reward in mind is so important. So important. The eternal reward is important. And But here's an interesting thing about habits is that sometimes we need to build in some little rewards along the way. When I read my Bible, I check, check it off every single chapter I read. You guys do that? Okay, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I have to check it. If I work out and my watch is not on recording my workout, it doesn't count. Right? Because I need the reward of knowing that I finished something. I've known of people that have paid off hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt because for every thousand dollars they, they linked a ring together, like a, a little paper ring, and they got to cut one for every thousand dollars. And man, you start to see that reward and feel it. See, it's good to keep the reward in mind if you want to develop a habit. And you know at the end there's an ultimate reward. There's an ultimate reward. So we need to do those kind of things. Think of the small rewards because one day there will be a big reward. There will be a big reward. So the second one is to reach for the reward. The third point that we learned today from our A is to act purposefully. To act purposefully. Um, read verse 26 with me. Paul says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. So he's saying that there are some people that are like, I'm going to run and I'm going to compete in this race. And they're just kind of running around and what they're doing doesn't matter. There's other people that box the air. It's like, okay, they're pulling like the Rocky up on the steps, right? Because they want to look good. But you actually have to punch something if you want to become a good boxer. Even if it's a cow, right? You got to punch the hanging cow, right? Okay, anybody like that movie? Okay. If not, we'll talk afterwards. Um, but we, we have to be purposeful in our actions. There's a lot of people when they go out there, okay, are, are you running purposefully or are you running aimlessly? Are you running purposefully or are you running aimlessly? I want you to think about those actions. You have to choose the actions that are going to be purposeful and are going to help you get better. And sometimes you will try a habit 
and you realize this didn't really change anything about my life. That's okay, reevaluate. Or maybe you start running and, and you're going and every day you're getting better and faster and then all of a sudden you hit a wall, right? You're not getting any better, not getting any faster. Then you have to change how you're running. You have to be very purposeful in your habits that you're developing. Now, um, I remember vividly, I, I did hate running forever. From sixth grade on, I was like, I'm not a runner, I hate running. I will never be a runner because I, that's just not me, right? I'm slow. Um, and then I remember um, my nephews got a wee. And they had the thing where you, there's this thing on the ground, the platform that you stand on, it, that, that you can like do different activities on. Does anybody remember this from the Nintendo Wii? And we all were making profiles. It was like after Christmas. So we were get, stepping on the thing and it like tells you your weight. So we were all doing this together. So everybody's weight got put up on the screen. And I was definitely at a weight that I was not proud of when I stepped on that. It was the heaviest I'd ever weighed and I was like, Whoa. and everybody's just quiet looking at it. Melissa's family's all very fit, and I'm like, ugh. And I was like, I got to change something about my life, right? My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, okay, and I'm not treating this temple well, right? You guys with me on this? And I was like, well, I guess I better start running. <laughs> and we lived next to this park that had a half-mile loop. So I remember going out the first day, got my shoes on, you know, got my cool new gear on, because that's what you do when you're starting out. And I could not make it a quarter of a way around, without being fully winded and exhausted. I'm done. Melissa's like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on? She was encouraging. She was really encouraging. That was just the look she gave me. Like, the next day I went out there to run, do you know how far I got? Not even a quarter mile. Quarter around the track. So that's an eighth of a mile. The third day, I got a little bit farther. The fourth, I almost made it around. Like, I was struggling to get a half mile in. Two weeks in, I finally made it around one time without stopping. And then a few years later, I was competing in half marathons. And I'm not saying, like, I'm a fast runner or a very good runner. I'm not. But, like, I remember hating running, not being able to do it. And now, like, I don't, like, love it. But it's like, you can do it, right? And I say this because I'm not a fantastic runner. Some of you are way better athletes or whatever. But I'm saying this because you might say, I hate this thing. There's no way I'll ever be able to do it. But if you act purposefully and you keep at it, you can do a lot of stuff. It's amazing what you can achieve if you just keep at it. And you have to think about the actions you're taking. Is this going to help me get there? Is this going to help me get there? And then you have to take those actions, be purposeful as you do them again and again and again. So act purposefully is the A. Our I, our fourth point, is to internalize self-control. As you begin to act purposely, and you're just starting a little bit, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, you're going to start internalizing the fact that you can change because of the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You are not a slave to those bad habits you have. You can develop some good habits in your life, and you can be the kind of person that you wish you were and you thought you couldn't have. You've got to start to internalize self-control. Um, Look with me in, in, in verse 27. Paul says, no, I strike a blow to my body. He's like, I'm not just punching the air. Like, I'm punching myself. And I make my body my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I make my body my slave. I am in control of myself. That's what Paul is saying. I don't just say, well, my body did the thing or, or I just felt this, this urge to do the thing. He's like, no, my body is controlled by me. 
Do you hear what Paul's saying here? And it's, it's very clear as you read throughout the scriptures, especially in places like Romans 8, that Paul is doing this by the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, on our own, we're slaves to our bodies. We're slaves to our impulses. That's why you do have bad habits that you can't change. That's why you can't start the habit that you've always wanted and you failed again and again and again. Because on your own, every human being is a slave to sin. It's true. But when we have the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in us, that's the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. If it can do that, it can change you, okay? You ain't dead yet. Okay, you can change by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. He can change every single thing about you. And that's why one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. The longer you're a Christian, the more and more you should have control of your impulses and your body. You should be able to say no when you don't want to eat that thing. You should be able to say no to that sinful situation. But the way to get that is not by just, hmm, I need more willpower. Hmm, I need more self-control, okay? That is not going to get you anywhere. In fact, studies are showing that you only have a limited amount of willpower each day. You can kind of develop it a little bit, but by the end of the day, you guys know this, you might be like, I am not going to eat any sweets for the next 21 days. And then you're doing great first thing in the morning. You're like, not going to eat the sugary cereal. Look, I'm doing good. You're eating eggs. Oh, my gosh, this is good. At lunch, okay, you're like, oh, yeah, there might be some, some donuts in the, in, the, in the conference room. But I, no, I'm going to be good. I'm going to eat. But then you get home exhausted at the end of the day, and you know what you do. You open up that freezer, and you eat some ice cream. <laughs> Who's been there? Because by the end of the day, your willpower is done. Now, you can, you can develop more and more self-control. You can, especially with the Holy Spirit inside of you. But what it's actually going to take to get to the point where at the end of the day, you still have self-control are habits. Because if you have the routine and you've developed the routine, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to go to the same cupboard you always have gone to, and you're not going to go to the freezer because you've developed that as the habit. See, it's amazing that people think that certain people are like, oh, wow, they're so disciplined. No, they've just developed a whole bunch of small little habits get them out of temptation and get them into a place where they can succeed again and again and again. Coach Tony Dungy once said in an interview that champions don't do extraordinary things. They do ordinary things, but they do them without thinking too fast for the other team to react. They follow the habits they've learned. That's what they do. It's a habit. They don't even need to think. They do the same thing over and over and over. They've developed the right habits. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit inside of us to help us do these things. And, and why I'm telling you this is because some of you have convinced yourselves that you have an addictive personality. You've convinced yourself that you can't ever change. You've tried five times. I've tried to quit smoking 81 times. You've failed again and again at the diet. And I can tell you I gained 22 pounds in 2022. I got some weight to lose, okay? I did not master my eating habits in 2022, okay? But we can have self-control by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And every single bad habit you can stop. And every single good habit you can start by the Holy Spirit. Because you have self-control. Stop listening to that liar in your head. Stop listening to the voice that tells you you can't change. That you're not good enough. You'll never get there. You're too old to do that. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, don't listen to it. You can have self-control by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Some of you need to hear this point today. 
And with it, it leads to our fifth one, is to end. Never stop going. To never stop moving. To never stop training. You're always pushing forward. That's why Paul said in verse 27, I strike my blow to my body, I make it a slave, so that after I have preached others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul's incredible. You think about the habits that he must have had in his life to be as dedicated as he was. He planted more churches, led more people to Christ than, than, than almost anyone. And he was still like, oh no, I, I don't want to lose the race. If he's thinking he might lose the race, like we better step it up, right? But he's saying even at the end, I could fail, I could falter. He's like, you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep going forward. Um, and, and this is important for us because a lot of you have failed at building a habit over and over again, right? Okay, it, it took me so many years trying to start reading the Bible every day. There was a time where I did not read the Bible every day. I struggled with it. I really did. And I would start and fail, start and fail, over and over and over again. But I kept at it, and I kept at it. So, so that finally, it was about 12 years ago, I, I finally found a plan, and I started doing it, and I got through it. And then I got through it the next time. And now I have read through the Bible every year for 12 years. And, and I'm saying this not to brag about myself, but because I failed so many times, but I kept going at it. And you guys can make those habits too. What are the things you want to do to transform your life? You've got to keep going at it. And if you fail reading your Bible, maybe you've already failed this so far this year, get going again. I remember that was the most freeing thing somebody told me that once. They're like, yeah, if I miss a day or I miss a week, I'll just read it again next year. I was like, oh, yeah, that's okay. Just, just keep going. You failed your diet, go for another diet. Okay, just try something else. Keep going forward. You've got to keep going. Um, I, I think this is important for us. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, if you've noticed, I've had something up here uh, the entire time I've, I've been here. It's a kettle of water, a pot of water. And I think water's a great analogy for, for what habits are because so many of us do habits and, and maybe we start it and we even do it for a while and nothing changes about our life. Has anybody ever done that? And you're like, I'm trying this thing and I'm going at it and nothing's changing. It's like water because when you apply heat to it, when you apply your habit to your life, for a little while, nothing changes. The next day, you run a quarter of the way around the track, right? And you're like, shoot, nothing's getting better. I'm not getting faster. I'm not making improvement. Nothing's changing about my life. I've been working on my relationship and it still seems we get into the same fights again and again and again. Because water, when you apply heat to it, when that water is 100 degrees, guess what it is? A liquid. When it's 110 degrees, what is it? A liquid. 150, 200, still liquid. At 211 degrees, water is still a liquid, right? Doesn't matter how hard, like you've been going at it for so long. Why isn't my life changing? Why isn't things getting better? But you keep going at it. But here's the thing with habits. Never stop going. If we're going to train to win, we got to keep working at it and working at it. I don't care how old you are, how many times you've failed, how far you've fallen, or maybe you made improvement and you took five steps back, right? you got to keep going forward because as the heat continues to apply to water, something slowly begins to change. 
And I really think that's the story of what happens in the Bible. We, we just looked at Daniel, didn't we? For chapters and chapters, we saw Daniel so faithful. And finally in chapter six, it gave us a little secret about Daniel. What did it say? He prayed three times a day as he had been doing. If you wanna be able to stand up to the king and be facing the lion's den, you have to pray three times a day, every day for your whole life. McKinley and I, we, we read uh, the Bible every night. That's one of our habits. And we got through the book of Genesis. We read about Joseph. How did Joseph get to the point where he was serving Pharaoh and he saved many lives? Well, it's because he had served his father. He had served Potiphar when he was a slave. He served when he was in the prison. He served when he was forgotten. So that when he got out of prison, he was ready to serve an entire nation and save many lives. He was great. What about Jesus? Luke tells us that he went away frequently to lonely places to pray because he cared and he knew that he had to get away to spend time with his father in heaven. Jesus was human just like you and I and he had to make that a habit to get away and pray. If you want to be a successful person and accomplish something, you've got to make habits and keep at them again and again and again and just like water when it hits 212 degrees, something will change, right? And we lost power. started to boil is that what it was but guess what if it retains the temperature <laughs> it's going again Josiah thank you that was just to catch your attention you guys are going to remember this now right <laughs> it's boiling right it is now no longer just a liquid this water has transformed so if you keep at the habit again and again, these small changes working on each other can lead to transformation. So that's what we need to do. Never stop going. Train to win, people. So what is the habit that you need to start? What is the habit you need to stop? Are you going to train to win? Or are you just running not to get last? I want you to think about what's the one thing. Oh, we even got some steam. Anybody cold in here? What's the habit that you need to start? What's the habit that you need to stop? I want you to pick one. And I was gonna even say, oh, you need to pick something spiritual like fasting or prayer, but, but you don't because everything can be spiritual. And I know some of you need to just start flossing. I'm not even joking. You need to start flossing because that trains yourself that you can change yourself if you're flossing every day. Maybe you need to make your bed every single morning because then you're gonna start out saying, I am in control of myself and my day. I don't care what the habit it is because all those things can lead to the point where you are living faithfully for our Father in heaven and have made an impact. Because let me tell you, Jesus did die for your sins. If you have accepted that gift, you're, you have eternal life. You have the crown, right? But Jesus died so you could have a better life. He didn't just die so you could keep living in your bad habits and your bad sins that keep going over again. He wanted to change you and give you a better life. And he gives you the power of his own spirit inside of you. That you can have that power to change. That you can train to win. And you can get the crown of righteousness that will endure forever. To reign with him. That's available. But you've got to run. You've got to keep moving forward. You've got to train to win. Let's pray. Lord God, um, 
I know that there's a lot of things about my life that I need to change. Some habits I need to add, some other habits I need to drop. You know them all. And I pray that you'd give me the power to have self-control by your spirit. I pray for each one of us in here who looks at our lives and like, yeah, there's something I want to change. Lord God, I pray that we would be like the 8% that complete their resolutions, that achieve the thing they want to do and accomplish something for your name and for your glory, for the ultimate crown, not a crown of celery leaves that will die, but for the ultimate crown of glory. Give us your power. Give us your spirit. Now, if you're here right now and and you feel like you need an extra dose of the Holy Spirit because you're struggling either with a bad habit you're trying to kick or with a good habit you're wanting to start. And if you're here and you want the Holy Spirit in a powerful way today, I want to pray a blessing for you. So just put your hand in the air if you want a, a special prayer right now. Lord God, I pray for those who are raising up their hand that you would give your Holy Spirit an abundance right now. Give them an extra dose of the fruit of self-control in their life. That they would see some amazing changes as they get rid of things in their life and they add some amazing things to it. Give them your power to keep moving forward and pick themselves up when they fall down. Give them your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Now I want to tell you, if you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you do not have the Holy Spirit. You might be able to change a few little things about your life, but you're not going to be able to overcome sin. You're not. But if you want that power in your life, you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I want to offer you a prayer right now that you can repeat after me so that you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and receive eternal life and receive his spirit to help you. So please repeat this prayer after me. If you're already a follower of Jesus, pray this out loud to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith I declare, Jesus is Lord. Give me your spirit. Give me self-control. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow you and develop good habits for the rest of my life. Now, if you said that prayer for the first time, if Jesus, today is your Lord and Savior, we want to celebrate with you. So put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air if you made that decision, and we'll celebrate with you. If you're online, go to arisedenver.com slash follow. Uh, and for that person who accepted Jesus Christ online this last week, we love you. We are celebrating with you. Um, and, and the Holy Spirit is now inside of you. Lord God, we worship you. Help us in these 21 days of prayer that our lives can be transformed again, renewed afresh, that we'd have fresh strength from your spirit to go out of here changed and changing. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.